Good morning and welcome to this first Friday radio show here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is Father Stosh Daly, joined live in the studios by Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Good morning. Good morning, Father. <laughs> and if you are hearing the three of us live, that means it is the first Friday of the month. So this is the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. We invite you to join us by giving ourselves and our intentions and this whole year to the heart of Jesus as we pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Grant, we ask, Almighty God, that the nativity of the Savior of the world, made known by the guidance of a star, may be revealed ever more fully to our minds, through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name Amen. of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We normally open with the morning offering prayer, but today we opened with the prayer taken from the Mass that can be offered today, since we're in the uh, days that follow Epiphany. So we're still in the Christmas season. I know, brace yourself. <laughs> Mind blown. We're still in the Christmas season, which is we're going to cover later on in the hour. But that uh, gives us an opportunity to celebrate the birth of our Lord each of these days, and also um, to consider the beauty of the Epiphany, the Magi coming. And of course, now we're in a new year. We made it. Ah, we did, Father. <laughs> we jumped that hurdle. Uh, I mean, yeah. I fell. But <laughs> we're in the new year. So we're off to a running start. And on this day and in this hour, we give thanks and praise to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, bringing to you the good news of the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ, his Sacred Heart, and how to bring his heart into your home, into your life, and into your, uh, really, how you pray and how you relate to God the Father. You know, I think, Father, for those just tuning in and maybe for the first time, and hopefully there'll be many more times that you'll want to turn in, because this is all about Jesus and what he requested. And he requested for his image to be present in every home and other and parishes, schools, workplaces. And Father, maybe help our listeners why the Sacred Heart. Why is his heart so important to place that into our homes? Right. Um, well, I got bored one day, and I just decided <laughs> to make something up. <laughs> so, that's actually not the answer at all. No, our Lord loves us so much that he wants us to live within him, and he wants to live within us. And this this whole devotion, this whole exercise, this whole movement of humanity within the church for the whole world— I mean, it originates in God's love for humanity. And these are the perfect days to consider the devotion of the Sacred Heart because we all see with our own eyes God in the flesh born as an infant, visible before us, God's love, God's love incarnate. You know, if, if we could just keep in mind three points uh, in the life of our Lord, in the life of the Church, as we kind of try to understand the Sacred Heart devotion, keep in mind the crib, the infant Jesus, the cross, the crucified Savior, and the Holy Eucharist, Jesus dwelling among us in the most blessed sacrament, the Holy Eucharist. Then we go and say, now what is it about the sacred heart of Jesus? Let us keep in mind that our Father in heaven loves us so much that he sends us his Son so that we may be able to come back to him. And then the Son understands, the Son who is Jesus, God in the flesh, God made incarnate, God before us in the infant Jesus, God before us on the cross, the crucified Savior, God dwelling among us in the Holy Eucharist. The Lord Jesus, he knows who we are, how we are, the struggles we face, the mountains we have to climb, the valleys we have to you know, go through. 
And he wants us to have his heart. He wants us to have his heart among us. Scripturally speaking, the heart refers to the whole person, not merely to you know what we today medically think of just as the heart, but the whole reality, the whole person, the whole presence of Jesus Christ. He wants us to have his heart. And the Lord, understanding the coldness of our times, he offers us in, uh, in a beautiful way, in a visible way, his sacred heart. And he wants his heart to be visible among us in our homes, uh, in our lives. And so he gives us this opportunity to draw close to him. You know, in the 1670s, uh, long after the Lord ascended to the Father in heaven, you know, he appeared to St. Margaret Mary, and he kind of initiates with greater clarity for our benefit how we can behold his love, how he offers his heart to us. He offers his whole person, his whole presence to us. And then he brings our attention to an image, to an image of his heart, so that we can see the, the vulnerability, uh, the frailty of, you know, the offer that is extended to us to have his divine life within us and among us. And this is a really good time for us to consider, you know, in my life, in my home, where is the presence of the Lord? Is it a presence that I engage maybe once a week on Sunday, maybe once a day in prayer? Or is it a presence that envelops my whole life, my whole home, my whole family, my loved ones, the intentions I offer? And what better season than the season when we consider the birth of our Lord, how the Father sends his Son among us, and the Son is born. The Son is born and made visible before us, and we can see the Lord, we can see his love, and to bring that love into our lives, into our homes. Father, we have had this program now for, what, five years. And so we have had probably, what, 65 Sacred Heart Hours. You're actually wearing me out. <laughs> like the, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I, I, I had all this energy. Now I'm like, I'm exhausted. <laughs> but I invite, I invite all of you who have listened to our program before to not stop, not think, oh, yeah, I know about that. Yes, mm. I've done that. Because we need to be renewed. And just hearing you share that is so um, life-giving for renewal. And that's why having that image in our home is a place to renew that love every time we glance at it and that we go there, that we pray there, that we make little, you know, uh, words of adoration. Mm. We connect there heart to heart. Because that is the key. Yeah. But we need the help. We need those images. We're, you know, material people and, yeah. you know, visual people. Yeah. You know, as we're talking about this, we do have good news of how this image is going to be just blanketed uh, throughout Central Ohio. And I'll make that announcement in a moment. Oh, I love good news. <laughs> uh, but we, we <laughs> Joanne loves new good news. <laughs> She's always looking for something new. Right, Father? It's that next I sale. Agree. It's that next sale. I agree. And uh, so forth. But anyway, go to welcomeisheart.com, welcomeisheart.com, to find out, to go deeper in, in exploring the heart of Jesus. But also, if you haven't enthroned, really consider it. And you can go to Welcome His Heart, order an enthronement kit for your home, and for your workplace, 
And more importantly, we're going to talk about parishes and schools and the importance of getting parishes enthroned and schools enthroned throughout this year. And if you have enthroned, I think this is a perfect time to start the year to re-enthrone. You mean renew? Renew. Yeah. Renew your enthronement. Okay, we're coming up to this announcement about the men's conference. Brace yourself, Joanne. Brace yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the men's conference is going to partner with the Sacred Heart Enthronement Network this year and team up uh, to promote the Sacred Heart of Columbus. And what that means is everyone coming will be given an enthronement kit. Really? Yes, and by doing that, why are we doing that? And, you know, for I know I've been involved for 25 years with other men with a conference. And as we've had a conference every year, we've really seen hearts being changed and we've really seen the fruits of the conference. But we also see in a society the continued breakdown of individuals and families. And there's no better way that the men as the leaders of their families and co-leaders with their wives, that what they can do for family life today than to bring Jesus in. And if you already have Jesus, well, bring him into your bedroom then. Mm. Take him to your workplace. That's what this is going to be about. So, men, it's going to be February 25th. Uh, Go to catholicmensministry.com to learn more. And it's going to be a wonderful conference, wonderful speakers. It's going to be just a wonderful day of retreat. And uh, But I just want to let you know it's also an opportunity for all of us to go deeper into the love of Christ. And Joanne, what about the Women's Conference? Well, I also want to share, you know, my one of my very favorite scriptures is, All things work to the good for those who love God. And during this very difficult, really, it's been two years, maybe two years plus, that we've had a we've had a um, time of difficulty mm-hmm. yeah. that's been, you know, really universal, really global. And I, I was thinking about what good has come of this. Well, I think some good has come of this because a lot of the ways that we have tried to find happiness. Mm. And find pleasure, find fulfillment in that hole in our heart, it hasn't worked. So true. Yeah. And so I think it's a grace that we have suffered, we are suffering, but the remedy is there. When are we going to turn to the remedy? How about now? How about making Jesus? Truly the king, brother, friend of our hearts, of our homes, of our workplace. In claiming those promises, he gave the promises. We did not come up with a strategy, a marketing plan. This is from heaven. Joanne, you're taking all the credit away from me. (laughs) (laughs) No, because you're the... You are the instrument. And a rusty one at that. (laughs) Hang in there, Father. Hang in there. We need you. But uh, really, I'm really excited about the times we're in and the women's conference. We do have a table. 
and it will be on February 19th. And we ask you to go to www.columbuscatholicwomen.com and you can get all the information about registering and attending that conference, which has always been really a special day. And the second announcement is that we are now hosting Sacred Heart Monthly Meetings on a Thursday evening, the vigil before First Friday at St. Paul's the Apostle Church in Westerville. We hosted our first one last night, and I was sharing with Father that our Lord has called all of us to start preparing for First Friday on the vigil. Yeah. And by doing that, to receive Jesus, and there was a 615 Mass uh, before there was adoration, uh, so you can get there 15, 20 minutes before, and then with the benediction. And then after that, and after Mass, uh, we had a talk last night by Emily Jaminette. And what we're doing is featuring each promise each month. So the first month was the first promise, which I will give to them all the graces necessary for their state in life. And we had a wonderful group. It was something. A group that was, some people just came there to meet people. Yeah. Other mm-hmm. people came there because <clears throat> they said, well, my, my option was watch TV or watch the news or come here. Ugh, so they came. Yeah. yeah. And he said, thank yeah. you that I thank did come. You. Absolutely. And other people just said, I'm devoted and I just want to go deeper. Yeah. Everyone there, it was like a Damascus father. It was that type of an experience because of receiving Jesus. And, uh, it was a great time. So everyone's invited. This is going to be former missionaries, people that have a, a de, you know, a devotion, mm. and people that just want to know more. Just come and see. It's going to be February third. <clears throat> is our next one. Circle that date. I told you about times. Come there early. Six fifteen mass. Then a talk. And when we had the reflection, I thought of, and we talked about this. And it's a great question for all of you. And Father, maybe if you have any insight, really reflecting on what is your state in life? Because the number one promise is, I will give them all the graces necessary for their state in life. Yeah. But all of us need to examine as we come into a new year, what is our state in life? And it's yeah. not about your work or your vocation, too. It's where are you spiritually? Mm-hmm. What state in life? Yeah. But uh, let's have Father now. Yes, Father. <laughs> wow. No pressure. Speak, Father. Speak. It's your program. We're listening. We're taking over. That yeah, bright no. shining light just turned my direction. <laughs> so, well, I mean, you know, it's kind of like that's how uh, we begin a good confession. Um, you know, you go to the church, you wait in line, you prepare your conscience, you have that examination of conscience, you go in and you highlight your state in life, you know. Um, but you're right, Joanne, it's not just limited to highlighting your vocation. It's always, it's also, especially in that preparation period, like, you know, I am a priest of Jesus Christ or I am a married individual. Um, you know, I'm a religious, consecrated religious or, you know, I'm single. Uh, now, okay, that is where I am in my vocation, my response to the Lord and my answering the call interiorly the state of my soul 
I know the Lord, but I struggle to love him. Or I know the Lord and I love him, but I'm struggling to serve him. Or, you know, Father, I, I'm not even really sure I know the Lord. That kind of, I mean, that kind of, it gives you a good experience um, in That's beginning helpful. and say, okay, you're like, I, I just feel like I'm falling in my knowledge of the yeah. Lord, like I'm failing. And the thing is, like, if you don't know the Lord, then how are you going to love him? And if you don't love him, then how are you mm-hmm. going to serve him? And th- I think that's where the sacred heart breaks through. Like when we're mm-hmm. able to acknowledge where we are uh, in our state in life, our vocation, but then also in our intimacy with the Lord, just by acknowledging that, then the door opens to be able to kind of receive the Lord's grace. And the Lord will give us the graces in the state in life where we are to get to where we need to be. And, um, you know, one of the things that came to mind, I mean, you guys, you guys just threw out a lot of awesome right there. You know? oh, Not just the I enough. was worried what that next word was going to be. Oh, it's, I think Grant Canyon. You're the, you're the teacher, Father. You're the oh, teacher. No. <laughs> so, but if you think about what you made the announcements with regard to the conferences, but then also, um, I mean, every month we have the first Friday. And as we head into this first Friday, a day dedicated to honoring the Sacred Heart, making reparation, for sins against the sacred heart of Jesus, the you know the person, God in the flesh. The day before, that Thursday before, it's the vigil. And now we have an opportunity. And I you know, threw this out there to all of you who are listening. This is not an obligation. It's an opportunity. Oh, I like that. So when people like hear, oh, well, now there's this. Oh, great. My load just got heavier to climb up this mountain of sanctity. <laughs> this is wonderful. <laughs> Another mm. opportunity for me to trip and fall. That's not at all what we're talking about. It's another opportunity for the load to be lightened, where you get to know, you get to learn more about the Lord so as to know more about the Lord. And then that love is so much easier to cultivate. And then in that love, there's this desire to serve the Lord. And it goes back to that first question we were supposed to learn when we started learning about the faith and catechism. Why did God create you? To know him, love him, and serve him in this life so as to reign with him forever in the next. Now, there's probably a lot of people who are just like, I've never heard that before. I memorized it. That's the Baltimore <laughs> And on behalf of the church, I apologize to you. Yeah, because we should all know that. That sets the tone. That yeah. sets the stage. Yeah. And when you're kind of like, when you're sitting there, like that fellow said yesterday, well, I could sit at home and watch the TV and basically go into brain rot, or mm-hmm. I could learn more about Jesus. You know, so mm-hmm. I decided to learn more about the creator of all that there is, the word mm-hmm. through whom everything came to be. I mean, it doesn't really sound like much of a choice when you word it that way. <laughs> but when you think of it, it's like I learning more. I mean, open up the Gospels, open up a letter in the New Testament, read, just spend time with the Lord. And one of the things that I mean, just like within the last week, every day this has come up, someone said, you know, fathers, thank you for saying this. Father, thank you for recommending that. And it's just like no matter where you are, if you're not sure where to start, start with the holy name. Just start by saying Jesus. Say it with love. Say it with devotion. Say it with a holy sense of fear. Allow the Lord to come and meet you where you are so that through his heart, through his presence, he can give you the graces where you are. You know, someone said last night when they were leaving, they had not been to our meetings before. They said, I never expected tonight to be so much fun, (laughs) so joyful. And I was like, I said, well, really, they that they always have been. Yeah. I mean, that's that. But you, you, you know, that's a grace. It's true. Yeah. That we have been to many events, 
the older we get, we've been to many more. And no, sometimes it's people plan for them to be, but they're kind of flat. Totally. And, you know, so when there is that spark, when there is that joy, you know, it's a, it's a grace from the Lord. Yeah. You know, and our Lord, and our Lord shared with uh, St. Margaret Mary that the preparation for the celebration of First Friday should begin on the vigil. Yes. And what happened to me, Father, for 10 years, (laughs) I have never started on Thursday night. Last night was my first. Yeah. And I could say, I told Joanne, wow. Yeah. You know, this is from the Lord and I can understand. Now, Father, you, you mentioned the holy name of Jesus. Well, you also know... Uh, and I just found out that January is dedicated to the holy name of Jesus. It's true, yeah. And since I have this random Franciscan sitting next to me in the studio, <laughs> glaring at me with his you know, Franciscan eyes, like, when are you going to give me a plug? <laughs> so, you just got it. <laughs> you know, through the preaching and teaching of a beautiful saint in our church, St. Bernard of Siena, he highlighted that, you know, mm. If we can just reflect upon the power of the name, the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, just throwing something out there, in the month of January, it's the month of the holy name, the holy name of Jesus. Let's remember, the Christ child is not made holy because of the name. Hmm. The name is made holy because it's bestowed upon the Christ child. And we have this beautiful, powerful opportunity to invoke Mm -hmm. the most holy name of Jesus uh, in those darkest moments, but also in those most beautiful moments. And... And reminded of something your daughter, uh, Emily, said, you know, she was reminding me of something that she had heard me say someplace or someone had said someplace. And it was like, you know, um, I think it was at a Catholic men's luncheon club. And someone said, Where, what's the first step towards trying to become holy or you know, making that effort? And I said, stop taking the Lord's name in vain. You know, Father, I, I'm so glad you mentioned that. And I have a little challenge for people listening if you hear someone taking the name of the Lord in vain, why don't you think about saying, praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have done that yeah. uh, on a few occasions. But the response of the person who had taken the name of the Lord in vain. Maybe it's just a habit that just came out and really think about yeah, what... Yeah, it's true. But it, it is a cause, <clears throat> and it is a kind of a reparation. Definitely. It's a counter. Yeah. And um, I think if we really thought about that, and the other thing I think about, what other name is taken in vain of, you know, all the religions? Mm-hmm. It's Jesus. Yeah. Because he is Lord. Yep. Does that make sense, Father? Total sense. Oh, Absolutely, good. yeah. I always have to check with you and be sure. <laughs> <laughs> Joanne, when you're running down the field of the ball, you don't constantly look at the I coach and say, what sure direction? My train is <laughs> off the track. I don't want it off the track. <laughs> no, you're exactly right. And I, I think, you know, it just gives us an opportunity to um, understand the personal relationship that we can have with the Lord. He reveals to us his name. And the power of the name. You know, a lot of people will ask us, what does it mean to do reparation? And why? Why would you do, re- I mean, reparation? I mean, the Lord, Jesus is Lord. He is God. 
How could he possibly be offended by anything we little people do? Ooh, that's a good you know, question, all of these questions Tana. about reparation and why and for what purpose and to what end. You know, and I always think of it like, you know, when maybe if you think about a family, one of the children really, really hurts the mother or father. I mean, just really hurts the heart. And another sibling sees that pain, that wound, and they try to console the parent in the absence of the other sibling, you know. They'll come around. They'll eventually realize what they've done. They'll apologize on their own time. Eventually, they will. But right now, you know, the child is trying to console the mom that or the dad. That is family life, Father. Sometimes all day, every day. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're all consoling one another from the uh-huh. wounds of others, you know. But when you think of that, that was a rep- that's an act of reparation. Mm. The one child is trying to console the parent for a wound created by another child. Or it might be the other direction. A mm-hmm. parent might hurt a child, and the other parent tries to step in and just offer consolation and reparation. So when we think of like someone who might take the name of our Lord in vain, and then we think of the Lord, it's like, you know, if you think earlier in the show, you said, you know, periodically you might glance upon the image of the sacred heart in your home. Periodically you might glance towards the Lord, and you'll be reminded there is no periodic glance that the Lord gives to us. He's always looking at us with love. Hmm. We might every now and then see him, but he always sees us with hmm. great love. And so for us who are on the first Friday thinking about this in the vigil and the Thursday night before, when we think of like how, why, for what reason should I be doing making acts of reparation to the Lord, think of in this month of the Holy Name how many times people take the name of the Lord in vain. Hmm. The name, they take the name of the Lord in vain. And we have an opportunity to draw close to the Lord in Holy Mass, in a holy hour, in prayer, in our home, gazing upon the image of the sacred heart of our beloved Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, in our house, wherever we may live, wherever we may dwell, or maybe where we work. And we just think, for all those times that someone took your name in vain, Lord, I'm here to say sorry. I'm here to make an act of reparation. I'm going to pray the glory be prayer, because all glory belongs to you. So it's like just a nice way to kind of think like the month of January is dedicated to the holy name of our Lord. On this first Friday, we're called to make acts of reparation to the person of our Lord Jesus Christ through his heart for any and all offenses, to make reparation, you know, to receive our Lord in Holy Communion in a state of grace. And just to think like, well, for what sins? Sometimes we just have that mind blank, you know, well, what do people do against the Lord? Think of the times they take the Lord's name in vain. You know, it could be while watching a game on TV. And like you said, Joanne, it might not be intentional. It might just unfortunately be a very painful habit. Yeah. You know, but nevertheless, the presence of the Lord is there where you are. And to invoke the name with that kind of sense of vanity or disrespect or insult, for those of us who you know, know him, love him and serve him and are trying to grow in that knowledge, love and service on the first Friday today, we just make an act of reparation. We draw close to the Lord and offer consolation for those times that, you know, our fellow disciples or other people in general have disrespected the Lord by taking the name in vain. And that reparation can start in the family. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Mm. It has to. Oh, yeah. And then it, then it migrates out into society. But I know as we come to a close on this session, uh, we're going to enter into the second session. And one of the big parts is going to be is as we see in a society that God is being removed, therefore love is being removed. Mm -hmm. And we see that in family and society today. So we're going to talk about some examples of how to receive his love, return his love, and share his love in the family and society. And Father's going to share an amazing story. And an amazing story. (laughs) 
So stay tuned. As we bring this、uh, segment to a close, we'll bring out the Sacred Heart Prayer, which has become so common on our show, and we've, which we've encouraged you to, to come to know and use in your own prayer life. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, I adore you, I love you, and with a lively sorrow for my sins, I offer you this poor heart of mine. Make me humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that I may live in you and for you. Protect me in the midst of danger. Comfort me in my afflictions. Give me health of body, assistance in my temporal needs, your blessing on all that I do, and the grace of a holy death. Amen. 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 Someone recently asked me, How do you explain that Jesus did so much for people 2,000 years ago, but doesn't now? So I asked, Are you letting him make a difference in you now? God has revealed all we need for happiness and peace. But we have to let his word impact the way we think if it's going to make a difference in our lives. St. Paul tells us, Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Jesus told his apostles who he knew would face tremendous trials, Do not let your hearts be troubled. He wasn't inviting them to receive peace, he was commanding them to claim it. Want God's word to make a difference in you? Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. It starts by not letting your hearts be troubled or given to fear, anxiety, negativity, and constant complaining. Fill your heart with gratitude, truth, beauty, goodness, and the things of God. Then, regardless of your circumstances, you'll see Jesus making all the difference in you. This is Chris Stefanik from ReallifeCatholic.com. One year after I graduated Catholic High School, I eloped to Las Vegas, Nevada. My husband was not Catholic, and at the time I didn't really think that it really mattered which church we went to because we all loved God and we all loved Jesus. And that was the start of my journey out of the Catholic Church, where I remained out of the Catholic Church for over 30 years. When I、um, started to read the Bible, I could see that our Catholic faith. Is steeped in Scripture. I could see some of the sacraments in Scripture. I could see some of the liturgy in Scripture. I learned that the Catholic Church was started by Jesus Christ, who gave the authority to Peter, and it has continued in succession down to the present day. And that was the start of my journey home to the Catholic Church. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Good morning, and welcome back to the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. As we enter into the second segment of this Sacred Heart Hour on this first Friday of the month of January, we invite you to join us as we pray the morning offering prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union. With the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. Amen. In the Amen. name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Well, Father, as we enter into the second session, we're Talking about how, how can we really receive his love, return his love, and share his love. 
And I know as we've talked about this and put some examples together and so forth, we're really, but on the, unfortunately, we're really seeing in this society when we're removing God, since yeah. God is love, we're removing love. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know I sense it when I'm around people going into stores, mm. being out. Yeah. You know, everybody seems overwhelmed. Yeah. And they seem very individual. Yeah. Isolated and mm-hmm. uh, isolated as individuals and cut off. From the family of society, the family of humanity, and then sometimes even their own blood family. You're right. Um, You know, Father Don Calloway was speaking somewhere within the last couple of weeks, months maybe, and he made this comment, and it's so beautiful. It's like, you know, we have to stop giving up ground in the Mm. battle, the cultural Mm. wars. You know, we we keep surrendering ground. You know, we have to take a stand. And, you know, to be honest with you, the first place you take a stand is in your own heart. Yeah. You know, when you're tempted to give in yeah. to sin, when you're tempted to give in to yeah. anger or impurity, or when you're tempted to give in to just being defeated, you know, um, don't give up any more ground in the spiritual warfare and the spiritual battle at hand. And you can see it, like Chuck said, you know, with the uh, wholesale um, turning away from uh, the Lord, the Most High, the living God, His love. Then there's a breakdown in love in our own hearts and our relationships and in society, and um, you can sometimes see it in just like a total uh, lack or loss of civility. You know, just like in how people greet one another, maybe like in like you said the grocery store. You know, there's uh, there's almost this incredible, undeniable fear of being hurt, so we just have this massive lack of civility because we don't want the other person to hurt us. Or wound us, or say something that's going to make us even more uh, vulnerable, or low, or you know, beating us up. And in the face of all that, you know, then what? The Lord is whimpering in the cold, dark night as an infant child, as an infant, you know, born among us in Christmas. So, and then in this month of the Holy Name, where we consider, you know, uh, eight days after he was born, circumcised, and named, he was named by Saint Joseph. He was adopted by Saint Joseph. Uh, the genealogy found within the Gospel of Matthew shows how the Lord Jesus, through St. Joseph, has a legal claim on the throne of David, King David. So we see like the dominion of God in the flesh. We see his reign, but his reign is a reign of love. His reign is a reign of love and mercy. And that's one of the reasons why when we talk about the sacred heart of Jesus being brought into your home, we say, enthrone. Enthrone Jesus as king, brother, and friend. May bring yourself into his dominion, his reign of love and mercy. And, you know, I've been really thinking about that, uh, the gospel from Corinthians that, you know, many people have, we had at our wedding. Love is patient. Love is kind. Yeah. Love is not rude. It's, you know, believes all things, hopes all things. And when you take love out, God is love. Yeah. What's the opposite of that? Yeah. Fear. Impatience. Nothing but fear. And, yep. You know, yep. rudeness, yep. selfishness, greed. And then, and I was thinking, when we have God in our hearts, and the more we are allow him to, you know, do that heart transplant, yeah. we must be love. Yep. We must be that sign. And when we're tempted to be impatient when we're tempted to be even rude i mean we have to stop ourselves yeah and say no no we want god is love we want you we want your love 
but we need to show that love. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's so true. And I think, Father, as we talk about examples, number one is how do we receive his love? Well, certainly going to Mass. Yeah. And you shared with us this week that still a number of people are not coming back to Mass. Sure, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how they're surviving. And therefore, if we want to receive his love, getting to the Eucharist and getting to the sacraments. Yeah. Give us that boost. Right. You know, it's almost like, as Joanne said, when I started to go to daily Mass, I was on empty. Oh, yeah. And then when I left Mass... Everything changed. Everything changed for her. Right. And that's always resonated for me. And I know, Father, one of the things that you did early on in your priesthood was when people invited you for dinner. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How did you change the game? Well, you know, in my last um, mm-hmm. days of being in seminary, I, we had this just beautiful priest, um, and he had lived many years, many, many years in service of the Lord as a priest. And he, he challenged us. Of course, most of us were, you know, 25, 26 mm-hmm. years old. We were eager to be ordained. We couldn't wait to get out of seminary. Mm-hmm. We were like, we don't care where we go. We just don't <laughs> want to stay here. <laughs> And no one, of course, can identify with that sentiment, Uh, you know, and this priest saw us and as he had seen thousands of young men waiting to be ordained priests. And he just said, he goes, I mean, I remember he said, he goes, um, we were all deacons uh, waiting to be ordained priests. And he said, never forget that you are a priest. And when someone invites you to their home, they're inviting you because you are a priest. So. The whole world may remember that you are a priest, may try to forget that you are a priest, but you must never forget that you are a priest. Oh, that's powerful. And he said, it's why the Lord is sending you. It's why people are inviting you. It's why different people want you. It's why others will turn their back on you. But never forget you are a priest. And you know, he, he said, some of you are going to be going into parishes with schools, and you're going to be teaching religion. You're going to be doing this, doing that. And people will invite you over. And he goes, when you go into anyone's home... You are never going merely as a man. You're going as a priest. And avoid the temptation to think that somehow you are just a bachelor that is a great teacher or a great public speaker or you have a compassionate heart. Remember that you are a priest. So when you go into the home, bring Jesus. Always keep your visit centered on Jesus. And I I mean, when I heard that, I was like, why is anyone going to invite me over for dinner? And I am not asking for invitations on this show. <laughs> so, but it's like, why would someone do that, you know? Um, well, it's people want Jesus. People want the Lord. People want the Lord in the home. And, uh, you know, being in a large suburban parish, St. Michael's and Worthington, and being in the school, uh, really, invitations came in because some of the children had me in religion class, you know, and they were going home and asking questions about religion. And so conversations were carrying. And, it's just a beautiful way to bring the sacred heart of Jesus into homes, into families, when I would go over. Did you tell them that before you arrived? Or when you were there, did you say, and by the way, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to witness your home well, you know, You know what's interesting? I always, if people would invite, I said, when's the last time your house was blessed? Oh, that, uh-huh. And have you ever you know, thought of bringing the sacred heart of Jesus into your home? Have you ever done the enthronement? Have you consecrated um. yourselves? And some people would say, oh, yeah, we do that. You know, we did that when we first moved into our house. Well, how long ago did you move in? 26 years ago. Oh, hon. Yeah, mm-hmm. we need to clean that thing again. So you know, mm-hmm. we're going to bless the house again, you know. 
And have you thought about the Sacred Heart, the enthronement? I mean, uh, a lot of time it was usually just very benign ignorance. That is exactly what happened to us, Father, 30 years ago. (laughs) Father Joe Losh, right, Chuck? Yes. And we... We really, even though my father was, he was like a little St. Joseph in his workshop. That was his role. But we just said, oh, sure, whatever. (laughs) And, you know, know. I've shared when he opened the front door and said, Satan, leave this house. I said, Father, I didn't know he was here. (laughs) (laughs) I've never had the guts to say that when I walk into someone's house for the first time. (laughs) Maybe we need it more than anybody else. Well, when when you mentioned cleansing, we better clean up. But now we look back over those 30 years. That that was powerful. We're very thankful for, Father, for you bringing it to so many families and Father Josh, Father uh, Losh, bringing it to our family. And one of the promises, number 11, is those who propagate this devotion shall have their name written in my heart and it shall never be effaced. And so if you're listening and if you have a prayer card or if you've had your home enthroned, Share it with your neighbor and say, go to welcomeisheart.com. Find out more about this because today, more than ever, we need to reestablish our homes to be under the Lord. Mm. And the nice thing about our enthronement was I felt afterwards, Father, I'm not in charge. Yeah. Jesus is now in charge, He's the King. Yep. He's the brother. He's yeah, the absolutely. friend. Yeah. And I realized my role was to follow Jesus. Yeah. And therefore have our family follow Jesus, even with the Sabbath. Yeah, it's true. Absolutely. I mean, if if the Lord said that's the Sabbath, yeah. how Maybe do we honor it? Especially with the Sabbath. Yeah, yeah. How do we honor it? But Father, I know for you that prayer card, you used to give them out at the. Uh, soup kitchen. Yeah, by the thousands. And yeah. that story that you have shared oh, with us, maybe for the li- uh, for our listeners, about yeah. that one man yeah. that came to the soup kitchen. Absolutely. So we open up this second segment with a particular prayer to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, which, I don't know, 10 years ago, Joanne came across in a way that was God's providence, the Holy yeah, Spirit. Yeah, that's another story. You know? And this prayer just kind of beautifully summarizes it. Yep. Um, you know, and we initially had those printed on little uh, holy cards, still are, I believe, and the image of our Lord's Sacred Heart is on one side and the prayers on the other. And uh, we, I I was recently sent to um, Holy Family Church in downtown Columbus. And of course, we have this beautiful, very busy uh, apostolate uh, through the soup kitchen and the outreach and the food pantry. And... Um, at that time, we had a director, uh, Miss Sharon Wing, may she rest in peace, just a beautiful, beautiful, faithful soul, loved the Lord Jesus, um, a convert, but she very much on fire with the faith, and she loved those people as they were her family. And so I went to her and I said, Sharon, what about giving the image of our Lord's Sacred Heart to everybody who comes through here? And I mean, she almost like jumped over the desk and she was like, absolutely. She goes, and even one step better, she goes, before we begin my meeting with them, we're going to say that prayer. And I was mm-hmm. like, God love you. So... We have one thing at the soup kitchen that's very, it's like the commandment of all commandments. Thou shalt not jump the line. <laughs> ah. <laughs> you come, you're in line, fine. And Miss um, Sharon was in her office and she was at her desk. And um, 
the line was there, long line, and this fellow jumped the line and he came charging into the office and was, I would say, in a panic, kind of like in a feverish uh, panic, uh, panic, feverish panic. And I mean, people start getting riled, they get upset, they've been waiting for 15 minutes, mm-hmm. a half an hour, 45 minutes, and this fellow just goes barging in. But she could see in his eyes there was something of an emergency there. So she calmed everyone down. Uh, she spoke with this young man and he said, you know, I was here yesterday uh, and I was here the day before and the day before. And, you know, you gave me this little holy card of Jesus. And on the reverse side is this prayer. And you had me pray that with you. And, you know, he went on to share. He's like, you know, I live in the homeless camp not too far from here. And um, he said, you know, I ran away from home with my sister and uh, she and I are all we have. We just have each other. It's just us here in this city on the streets. And um, he said, you know, I don't, I don't understand anything about this card, but uh, my sister died in a very uh, unexpected, violent way uh, the day before last. And she's all I have. I have no one else here. We ran away from home. We're in a different state. You know, she's literally the only person I had and she's gone. And I decided that I just couldn't stay. I, I just can't be here without her. I have no one. I have nothing. You mean be alive. Yeah. And, um, but he also knew that because of the solidarity he had with the other people in the camp, that they would not let him, you know, commit suicide. Um, which speaks volumes of the experience of charity and solidarity among all people when you look out of yourself. And he devised a plan by which he would um, end his life, and he waited for the whole camp to go quiet and everyone to be in their tents um, or their shacks or their shanties. And, you know, in the middle of the night, just when he was coming to the edge of the unthinkable, uh, he was startled by this light within his tent And he started freaking out because he knew that would start to awake the camp and the commotion, the light, it would disturb people and he would not be able to carry through with his plans. And he starts rummaging through his, his stuff. I mean, keep in mind this, this fellow lives in a tent in the woods along the river. Um, He has a pile of belongings, very few items, most of which we would probably consider to be rubbish, but those, that's what he owned. That's what he, that was his life. And he was rummaging through everything, trying to find the source of this light, which was distracting him from his plan and could possibly awaken others. And as he's rummaging through everything, he finds this card flipped over, you know, crumpled and just kind of cracked. And he's sitting on his legs. He pulls the card out and he just, you know, just kind of very disheveled and distracted and lost and in a panic. And he's kind of looking over these words and he says the words of the prayer which we began at the <laughs> the the segment you know a beautiful prayer to the heart of jesus and after he finished the prayer the only thing he could think of was his parents <laughs> his mom and his dad who he had not seen for years since he left <laughs> when he was a teenager all he could think of was the reaction his mom and dad were going to have when they heard about their daughter and then all he could think of was how would they react when now they hear about their son? And he couldn't sleep the rest of the night. He just sat there with brokenness and woundedness, and he became angry, very violent. Um, you know. And so when the soup kitchen opened, 
he stormed over there, you know, <laughs> jumped the line and wanted to know what what was the power? What was the reason behind so this? So he connected the light with the car? He had no, 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 no idea. Okay. I mean, he just sat there in total, like, wonderment. He's just like, okay. because he all he could think of was his parents, who ah. he really did not like. He did not like his parents. Mm-hmm. One might even say he hated them. I mean, mm-hmm. he ran away as yeah, a teenager he ran away for a reason. with his sister. I mean, there was a lot of wounds, yeah. many, many wounds there. But he stormed over. And so then after the midday mass... Miss Sharon called me and she said, Father, can you come over? We have an emergency. And she's talking about this and um, we start processing it together. And, you know, I just, I shared with her, I said, it can't really be a surprise. You've given out literally thousands of these holy cards. Mm. And I said, but isn't that what the Lord does? Mm. Like if we just, in a moment of brokenness, woundedness, frailty, conviction, uh, whether it be good or bad, you know, if we just allow ourselves to see him just for a moment, he, the very first thing he does is he lets us just see someone else. Hmm. He doesn't want us to just look at ourselves. He lets us see someone else. And I said, I have every confidence that the light came from that image of the heart, that image of that tiny little holy card, and the words of that prayer, which you walked through with him days before, got him to see his parents. It was not a good relationship. It was not a healthy relationship. It was a painful one. He ran away from home. There's a lot of... Uh, sin there um but he thought of someone else he didn't just think of his own loss Mm -hmm. or his own wounds or his own desperation he thought of someone else which was truly something only the lord can do Mm -hmm. to us break us of our chains and see look gaze upon someone else for him it was his parents you know we were able to help get the body of his sister back home we were able to get him back home to his parents um, you know, a lot of times people hear that and they're like, whatever became of him? I honestly, I, I don't know, but I do know the Lord worked to save him, to save his life, to save his heart, to you save his soul. You got him back home to his parents. Parents, yeah. Oh, and you have to just my. entrust that to the Lord. It's like, Lord, you're going to be Lord. Yeah. But, you know, just to think the power of a prayer, the power of the heart of Jesus. He sat there looking at the image of the sacred heart of Jesus, and he's like, what is this? You know, <laughs> what's with this guy with his heart hanging out and all this other stuff? Mm-hmm. You know, all of the things we hear from different people in different words and different ways. But the, the important thing is the heart of Jesus breaks into our life, sometimes at the most darkest moments, and gets us to see someone else. And the soup kitchen was the instrument. Uh, yeah, and absolutely. And we have to be the instrument. yes. And who would have ever thought something simple like handing out yeah. a holy card? But at the same time, the Lord said in, to, in his conversations with St. Margaret Mary, those who propagate, those who spread, those who offer this devotion to others, you know, your name is written in my heart, never to be erased or effaced. And for some of you, you know, you can pick up the cards, um, go on, welcome its heart. You can order some cards. But for some of you, all it is is just giving someone the card. Yeah. You can say, pray this, I pray this. If you have the prayer at home, go ahead and start renewing praying that prayer. Yeah. Meaning that this is how we receive Jesus' love, by getting closer to Jesus and so forth. And And Father has said, if someone is not open for the enthronement, sometimes there's just a someone in the family or maybe their own heart, just, you know, have an image of the heart in the home. Yeah. 
It's true. Get the get Jesus in right. your space. Yeah. Or in your cubicle at the office yeah. or oh, in yeah. your office. Storm room. Because yeah. everybody who's going to come and visit with you, the first question, remember I have a good friend when we go to lunch together, and the first thing he'll say to the waitress is, um, we're Christians and we're going to pray can we pray? Do you have a certain prayer that your certain request that we could pray for you? Oh, wow. And everyone always gave us this. I'd like you to pray for this. or I'd yeah. like you to pray for that. Yeah, that's and powerful. That, that's it. And the other thing is um, that for all of us, sometimes we want to bring Jesus into our lives, but we almost have fear to share him with somebody else. That's so true. That is very mm-hmm. true. And that yeah. that's Satan that's trying to hold you back. Absolutely. And so, Father, I know one of the things we talked about is, and that was a small act of love and kindness to give him that card. Yeah. But other ways that we can show our love to others, because that's what we're trying to do is bring God back in. Bring God back in. We bring love back in. Yeah. And you mentioned sometimes just pick up a tab or maybe a first responder, yeah, policeman that's getting a cup of coffee. Right, yeah. Yep, absolutely. And Joanne, you have a story. Well, I first of all want to say thank you to our friends and our supporters because a lot of these materials, and we have so many requests for enthronements and people really cannot afford them in that they're scholarshiped, no one's ever turned away. But that would not be possible without your generosity. And your your monthly donation is really the very best. But thank you so much because it is making a difference. You are the wind, and we really pray for you, and we thank you. And I'm not sure we do it enough. No, that's true. And... I know we're coming to a close, but one of the thoughts I had, Father, is after last night, you know, we're so bound up. You know, it's like when that person said, you freed me tonight of the television. (laughs) I was thinking, (laughs) how many people are becoming addicted? Every day they're waiting for the government or they're waiting for this. And, you know, if you go back to John 8.32... Only a little while longer, I will be with you. Then I'm going away to him who sent me. You will look for me, but you will not find me. Where I am going, you cannot go. And then later on, if you live according to my teaching, you are my truly my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And I was thinking, you know, he goes on further. I will give you assurance that everyone who lives in sin is going to be a slave. And I was thinking, how many of us are becoming slaves, Father? Or already are. Yeah, already are. Joanne, you called us like what? Like sheep. Yeah. We're we're all sheep. uh, And who's the shepherd? That's true. But there's only one true shepherd. Right. And that's Jesus. And if we follow Jesus, we follow the truth. Yeah. And that's going to bring us joy. And that's what we experienced last night, true joy. That's so true. Well, and, you know, we, we are really tuning media's voice out more and more. 
because I realize if it's God's voice, there's faith, there's hope, and there's love. When the voice has no faith, no hope, no love, is that really the voice we want to listen to? Yeah. I don't care what the message is. It's not going to be a message from God. Now, in closing, we're going to miss all the feast days. <laughs> We've skipped all the feast days and all the great Go uh, to welcomehisheart.com. Joe always gives us a hug at the end of the show. That was our hug. That was, a, share, that was a beautiful way to put thing. it. My question to you is, this coming Sunday is the baptism of the Lord. Yep. He grew fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's an infant. I know. The Heavens. He went from being why, an infant to 30 years old. Why do we celebrate the baptism this Sunday, and why is it so important? Well, it brings to a close uh, the liturgical celebration of the Christmas season, and it gives us a beautiful opportunity to just transition from one season to the next. So we're going to transition from the Christmas season into ordinary time. But let us remember, and think of the mysteries of the rosary we pray, right? Especially like the luminous mysteries on Thursday. You know what happens after the baptism of the Lord? Then we go into the wedding feast of Cana, and then the proclamation of the kingdom of God. We don't just jump from the infancy, uh, we don't just jump from the, the naming of the Christ child, and then right into the proclamation of the kingdom. We want to understand and appreciate that the baptism of the Lord, that's a, another, yet another public manifestation that God dwells among us. Mm. And then from the baptism, the kingdom starts to become undeniably clear and present to more and more people. So as we transition from one season to the next, you know, once again, the sanctoral cycle pulls in the created order. So we pay attention to the passing of the time, the changes of the seasons, uh, the falling of the snow, the melting of the snow, all of these things, the, the liturgical life of the church is meant to animate, bring life to our souls as we see the life of the Lord grow among us and the dominion, the dominion of his kingdom spread and encounter more and more people. So we'll bring to it, I mean, hard to believe it, but liturgically, like as we pray in the Mass and the Divine Office, Liturgy of the Hours, liturgically, the experience of the Christmas season will come to a close with the baptism of the Lord. But we can Lord. still keep our decorations up? Heck yeah. All February right. 2nd, presentation okay. of the Lord, all candle right, mass. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you bring that infant Jesus to the church to have him blessed before you put it away. Yeah. Well, thank Whoa. you, Father. And I know also— <laughs> All my brother priests are like, thanks, Father. <laughs> I know also we're not going to get into it because we're coming to a close, but January 22nd. Absolutely. It's coming up the day of prayer for the legal protection of our unborn children. Oh, boy. And I think we're talking about life today, life-bearing. Jesus is life-bearing. And love. And love. So, Father, as we close, everybody, please pray this coming January 22nd. And make sure you get the Mass. Every day. Every day. We bring to a close this Sacred Heart Hour by offering ourselves all of our intentions to the heart of Jesus. Most kind Jesus, we humbly kneel at thy feet. We renew the consecration of ourselves to thy divine heart. Be thou our king forever. In thee we have full and entire confidence. May thy Holy Spirit penetrate our thoughts, our desires, our words, and our deeds. Bless all our undertakings. Share in our joys and in our trials and in all of our labors. Grant us to know thee better, to love thee more, and to serve thee without faltering. Amen. 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 This is listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820 on WVSG Columbus and FM88.3 WSGR New Boston, Portsmouth.